Yo, welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shanaan, Mr. Rob, and Zane. What's up, Rob? How you doing, brother? Good, bro. Hanging out. Hanging well. Slowly but surely getting really this little cough, but hanging around. But I feel like How about you? I hear that. I'm chilling. I'm doing good, man. I'm happy that we starting to get better weather. That always yeah. things a lot, a lot better. I got my trip coming up, too, so I'm looking forward to that. God bless you, bro. Have a blast when you get out there, man. Yeah. Take a million pictures, though. You already know. Well, yo, we don't want to hold you up. Let's get right to it. The man of the hour that we're fortunate enough to have, DJ Marcus Thompson from the hey. Timex Social Club. The, actually, the founder of the Timex Social Club. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. How y'all doing? We're Great, you know, bro. Hang, good to hang see in you. There, man. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. So I wanted to I wanted to ask you, man, because uh, we're East Coast guys, and I, I know you're a West yeah. Coast guy. Um, yes. Talk to us a little bit about what it was like growing up in Cali, and how growing up in Cali influenced you musically. Given the fact that I'm, I'm guessing around the time I don't know exactly how old you are, the time that you grew up, also what the social climate was with the Black Panther Party starting out that way, also. Man, oh boy, you taking me real, real far back. Black Panther Party. <laughs> oh, well, you know, um, grew up in Oakland, um, so yeah, that was uh, I was like the epicenter of uh, Black Panthers. But um, you know, I was man. I don't really have like any deep memories of that. I mean, I grew up in West Oakland, and everything was was centered around there, but. Um, you know, I don't have any memories of going to the uh, the early morning uh, breakfasts or, <laughs> or you know <laughs> seeing any of the um, any of the heavy hitters speak or or any of that. I'm sure, I'm sure I was around and, and you know, but my mother wasn't like um, sorry, a single parent household. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, my mother wasn't like jumped off into that. She wasn't like you know. You know, she wasn't like Black Power and Gawa and all that. But, um, you know, I had my Afro back then. You know, I had my Bachiki. Uh, you know, we was doing it, man. As far as climate of music, um, that kind of hit me early on because uh, um, we'll get into this hopefully. But I have a brother. Um, we have the same father, but different moms. So we, he grew up in Alaska. Anchorage and I grew up in West Oakland so I would see him like maybe you know for the summer mm-hmm. he would come down but for the rest of the year I was the only child right so uh music West, West Oakland is, is Berkeley nah Oakland is Oakland baby Oakland is Oakland. <laughs> don't confuse it Google that but um, yeah, you know, music kind of became uh, what I adopted to uh, keep me out of trouble. Mm. You know, you know, falling back on moms. Uh, she, you know, she was out there working two jobs, and she always told me, you know, <laughs> I ain't got time to be. <laughs> you gonna have to police yourself. You know, you gonna have to, you gonna have to just stay, stay right, and right. you know, not be running in and out of, you know, jail or, you know, stay away from the bad elements. So, right, right. Um, of course, I didn't listen. 
but uh you know I, I dabbled in it a little bit you know <laughs> but uh music became something that I adopted to uh settle me down you know I found that when I had some headphones on I was more chill yeah. and I wasn't running around outside getting into uh street antics if you will uh, I was not available on the streets I was in my bedroom with headphones on or if I didn't have headphones I'll just listen to the radio you know, making mixtapes so all of that stuff started around 14 uh, about 14 for me right there when I, I fell in love with music and I can remember uh, some of my early influences being like um, Curtis Blow The Breaks um, um, man what was that one King Tim the Third uh, uh, man I forgot the group but anyway uh, that was an early rap record that came out before uh, Sugar Hill Gang dropped um, Rappers oh, Delight. Rappers Delight. Uh, so we're talking about 78, 77 on to like 81. And then from then, I was like, man, music, I got it. This is my thing. I don't know what I'm going to do in music. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But I'm that's my future and so I just walked around and just you know I was immersed into music but uh yeah that that's that was the climate for me uh growing up and uh that that's my experience with the Panther Party <laughs> we, we see the plaques we see the plaques in the back too oh yes sir yes sir <laughs> hard work man nice touch I approve <laughs> hard work man <laughs> Early on, you said you said you was making mixtapes. How, how did that go about? Oh man, you know, there's no template for that. You just do it. Um, you know, and nobody told me how to do it. Or, you doing the pause you know, button? I just did, I just did it because I love it. And, and and economically speaking, you know, my allowance didn't allow me to be at the record store all the time, so. Yeah, I had enough to buy, I had enough to buy a TDK, a blank, a blank, 90, 90 minute or 60 minute. You know, I had a little Walkman. And so I just, you know, that's back to that radio thing again. You know, you sit and listen to the radio, your favorite jams come on, you tape them off the radio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and then when you do have some vinyl, you mix them, you mix them with, with, with that, you know, back to back. You know, we used to do the pause button mixes, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. Because we only had one turntable. That's all we could afford. You had to know right yeah. where to pause at. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, I broke so many pause buttons, man. <laughs> I was yeah, heavy on that thing. <laughs> you, was breaking, you, you, you was breaking pause buttons, but would you deep in on a belt drive turntable? Yes. Okay, yes. you you like yes. the first person who actually admitted that because all the DJs we have come through, I asked them never, no, never. I had Technique twelve hundred. I'm like, oh no, 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 I didn't have the money for it, man. Yeah, I wish. No one, but they they, they lying, man. They know they was DJing on the rack system. Mom yeah, had, yeah, the whole setup. It they was up top. DJing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My my system came from Radio Shack, man. I'm not gonna front. Nah, I keep it real. <laughs> So, um, talk about the, the, the band and the evolution of the Timex Social Club band. Like, how did you, how did it come together? And how did, I guess, like the shift in different members at different periods of time come into play? Wow. Um, 
so it kind of came together. You know, we were a group of friends in, in high school. And at that time, we just kind of, you know, just just palling around. There was no music. Um, you know, we weren't we weren't a band. We were just friends. Uh, now my my boy Mike, who became the lead singer, um, he he had the vocals. He always had that. Right. Um, I started writing right around. 82 yeah. I started actually writing songs what influenced you to be a good writer what influenced you to be a writer uh, you know I <laughs> I was a mediocre student in high school but the thing I could always pull together man when I needed a, a good grade was a term paper <laughs> I always had a way with words nice. you know you and, uh, I love to write I love to write I love to, I love the, what we call, what they call a creative writing, you know, in high school back then, you could just um, say, okay, class, we're going to have creative writing. I want y'all to just turn in a paper this week, you know, whatever, based on whatever. And then you just, you know, create, create something off the top of the dome, you know, whatever story, you know, whether it's a science fiction story or uh, Whatever, you know what I'm saying? And um, I used to get my papers back and they used to be like A minus, B plus, somewhere in there, you know? And, um, you know, teacher would be like, yo, I like, you know, this was entertaining or whatever. So that got me like, as they say, juice, you know? So I'm like, man, I got a, I got a little something here, you know what I'm saying? So um, that's, that's how it started. And then of course, um, the female influence, you know, trying to get females, you write poems, you know, at least I, I was, you know, I was like, well, I'm, I'm trying to, try to see old, uh, see if I can send a note to old, female, you know, old girl over here. So, uh, yes. Yeah, oh, lover boy. Typing class, I, was, I, was, I was typing love letters instead of, uh, <laughs> I still don't know how to type this very thing because I was like, dear Yvonne, you know, <laughs> and everybody be, you know, on their home keys and typing stuff that was in the book and I was, I was, uh 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 no man I was I was typing letters so um <laughs> uh yeah that, that's kind of it you know how I started writing but uh back to the group uh right around 83 uh, things kind of got serious because we graduated high school so now we out you know so now we don't see each other every day but we still want to hang out and then um um my friend Alex Hill, who was a DJ, had a DJ crew in Berkeley. Um, he had some equipment. He had a keyboard, a drum machine, uh, a couple of synthesizers, you know, and, and you know, yeah. So we, he was, he was a rapper. So he was making rap beats back in the day for people on cassette. Wow. And uh, so we kind of, you know, we we'd go over his house and and chill, and uh, he was like two years older than us right so we 18 he 20 and uh he lived by himself so we go over there we just kick it and then he making beats so we on the couch and we digging the beats you know it's a whole you know bachelor vibe going on you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that kind of evolved into hey i got an idea hey i got an idea and we started actually you know 
branching off from his rap projects to songs. So um, Michael came in to sing because, you know, I'm just the idea guy with the with the lyrics, right? So I'm not no lead singer. So I'm like, man, I got to get a partner on this. <laughs> so um, brought him in and then Alex is on the beats and I'm on the lyrics and then things just kind of started to, to, to come together, man. And uh, we we wrote quite a few quite a few songs together. You know what I'm saying? Rumors happen to be one of them. Yeah. And, and, and that's what jumped off as far as like changing members and stuff like that in the group. Um, you know, I, that came later because of different things in the industry, you know, um, just the summer we debuted, the summer we came out, the summer of 86 when that single caught fire worldwide. And, you know, it was just a lot of things, man, going on internally in the group. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's, a, it's an old story. It's an old story, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, lead singer signs with uh, his own management. Yeah. And uh, it was four of us. It was myself, Alex Hill, Michael Marshall, and uh, my boy Kev Moore. Mm. That's the that's the Timex Social Club. Mm. And um, so we, we, in a sense, we broke up. And Mike went his separate way and the three of us went our separate way. Mm. So that's, you know, that's that's why there were different, you'll see different pictures and, and different things and, right, you right. know, stuff out there about it. But um, yeah, yeah. It, it um, I'm, and I'm, I wanna talk to you a little bit more about that um, later on in the interview. But right. um, I was just listening to what you was talking about and I, I was, it, it makes me think about like things that I've been a part of um, and created and it's like um like even with our podcast you know we have these conversations behind the scene amongst us and I think like you know sometimes we lose sight of how beautiful like the process is mm -hmm. you know when you have like that just like that organic vibe like you talking about right. chilling at your man's bachelor right pack. right cool. the ideas are flowing yeah it's just it's just yeah. something completely different when oh, man. the financial element is not injected into it, right? No, like you're just it wasn't. doing it for the right. love. You're doing it because you're with your boys. Right. And I and, and I don't know, what do you what do you think, I guess, from your perspective, like how do you after you've achieved a certain level of success mm -hmm. be able to continue having that same organic feel? And if it is it even possible? Uh I can only speak to our process and our music. Um, so once a split happened, it was very possible to keep it going, but you got to understand that our voice was gone. <laughs> kind of like, uh, you know, no disrespect to the Jacksons, but, uh, you know, when Michael went solo, <laughs> when Michael Jackson went solo, you know, but you know that was the only hard aspect of it you know trying to interview or audition new singers um you know it's, it's like man dude sound good but he don't he's he don't you're always looking for uh, an exact replacement 
for the person that left. I don't care if it's a guitar player, drummer, uh, music programmer, uh, lyricist, whatever. You're always looking for the exact twin and you're never going to get it. So the process was cool, but the sound changed because of the new member that, you know, or members that were added. So, I mean, that's just, that's just something that happened. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think what happens is like, like listening to you talk again, like where, what happens is I think going to replicate the sound but not really realizing, like, in addition to replicating the sound, replicating, like, almost like, for lack of a better word, the vibe, you know, like, that chemistry is extremely important because you could have brought yes, somebody in that was a better singer, you know, or not as good a, a singer or whatever, but it's something about Different that. style singer, different style. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I'll never rank them, but, you know, yeah, different, like, you know, whereas Mike had a, a rough voice, you know, our our standing for him or our replacement for him was more Luther-esque, more smooth. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people were like, huh? What? Different you know, it, it wasn't that he sounded bad. It was like, hmm. used to the aggressive, gruff kind yeah. of vocals and y'all is real smoothing out right now. Now you got it turned into the shy lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, it, you know, it's, this is what people are used to, and I get it, man. Fan, I'm a fan, so yeah, absolutely. I'm, I've been a fan since a kid, man. And thank God for them creative writing classes, man. From my understanding, rumors that was <laughs> you made that like three years before it came out, yes, sir. Mm. Wow, yeah. for most of your songs in your writing class, <laughs> no, nah, you know, I actually I wrote rumors at work, at work. Yeah, I was uh, I was working as a uh, security guard. I was I was on graveyard shift. <laughs> I did. Well, I was, I, I was I bored. Did. I had nothing to do. Everybody, I was guarding buildings late at night, and uh, I was the only one in there. <laughs> so, you know, every uh, top of the hour, you got to walk around the building, check everything, and then you come. That take about ten minutes. You come and sit down back at your desk. You got 50 minutes to do something. <laughs> but I was like, man, let me let me write. Let me create a write, right? Yeah. Did you yeah. ever think, though, at the time that things were coming together that, you know, were you thinking that R&B and rap was merging? Because the song sounded like a rap song, but then you got him singing. <laughs> yeah. So that goes back to, um, okay, so unconsciously, yes. But consciously, no, we didn't try to do that. Consciously, we didn't set out to to do that. Right, right. Um, the way that happened was, right, as I explained before, Alex was a rapper, and he was a beat maker for rappers, and he himself was a rapper. So the equipment that he was buying from uh, the local music shop was uh, hip-hop instruments. He had an 808. Oh, okay. He had a Juno 106. He, I mean, everything was built around the hip-hop sound right. because he was rapping. And, and the dudes he was producing were rapping. So he's not going to change instruments. He just spent, you know, 
thousands of dollars on this equipment that, that we want to make a song. He like, yeah, we can make it with this. <laughs> so that's what happened. So when we went into the studio, we went in with hip hop instruments. Now the 808 you hear in rumors is not like dialed down to where it's like boom, you know, where it's rattling like that. But you hear the clay, yeah. ding, 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 you know what I'm saying? You you know what that sound is. Yeah, so yeah, it, was, yeah. it was dialed up, you know, for R and B instead of down for rap, but it's still 808. It was a dope, it was a dope dance track, if you ask me. Cause back then, I mean Man, you have some great company. Cameo was out back then. Uh, shit. A lot of songs was out back then. They were all, but they were all party joints, though. They were all party joints. Yeah. You couldn't sit still at a party back then, man. That was that was a dope time. Music. Yeah. Prince, Kiss by Prince was going on. There's all sorts of songs going on. Yeah. 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 So that was the thing, you know. Um, I was a DJ. Alex was a DJ. And Michael sang in church. So we have three writers from those two backgrounds writing writing this song, you know, rumors in, in, in this instance. Uh yes, you can miss, but we hit. Yeah, you hit big too. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, number one record big. What, I, I always wonder, like, what did you guys consider your sound to be? Because you kind of came at a time where disco was on its way out. R&B, R&B has always been here. Funk is not going anywhere. And then it was like the New Jack Swing things. Yeah. What, did, what did y'all consider your sound to be? R&B. Straight up R&B. Rhythm and blues. Um, I've heard people call it reggae. I've heard people, I don't know, man. I've heard all, man, I've heard all kinds of things over the years. I could see, I could see that. I could. You know why? I could see that because I think about like, um, like you, you see like these big dance records, especially back in the 80s. A lot of them were getting like co op and getting like really big overseas. And I think like it was almost, it was almost like if you was a person of color and you went overseas, then they just assumed like you was. There was some fusion of you, you being Jamaican. So I, I, I can see that. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, the cadence, the cadence, and and where like how I wrote the lyrics. How do rumors get started? It started by the jealous people, and that's rap. That's rap. Yeah. Da 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 da. Okay, yeah. that's rap. Right. Just, just, let's just be clear. Yeah, but absolutely. the way I told Michael to sing it was in song form. Yes, sir. And then the hook is definitely song form. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can see, you know, when people say, yeah, that's hip hop. And then, of course, we went on uh, tour with Run DMC, open for them. You know, that, that was our biggest tour. But, um, uh, how was yeah. that? Yeah, and, and then it crossed over to, on the park, pop charts, and that just blew my mind. Mm. How, how was that, though? Because maybe a year before that, you seen Run, Run DMC at Fresh Fest, <laughs> and then a year later, you up on stage with them. Like, you Dude, manifested that, so you put that out in the universe. I, you know, you know, right? 
right? That's exactly what you did, and, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, but you don't know what you're doing when you're doing it. You're doing it. That's you're just it. saying stuff, you know? Everybody's saying stuff. So, yeah, we're going to be up there next year. Yeah, right, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I have no basis to how we're going to get there. I'm just put that out there. Like you say, put it out in the universe. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what I was doing. And then look, look what happened. So, that was a trip, man. You know, opening up for, um, you know, definitely our idols. Um, mm-hmm. run. You know, getting getting to actually meet and talk to LL, Run, uh, Beastie Boys, Ju- uh, um, Houdini, uh, <laughs> getting to actually sit in the rooms and, and break bread, you know what I'm saying? Ha- you know, have lunch and dinner with these cats and ride around on tour buses with these cats. And I mean, we're DJs, so we're we're used to playing friends at the dance to get people to dance. Now we hanging out. We hanging out with Jalil and Ecstasy. Yeah. And and, and we hanging out with Run. And oh, over there, that's Hurricane, and that's Jam Master J over there, and my my goodness, you know, we, my my hotel room is next to this man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my tour bus is parked next to his bus. And and not and not too long ago, you was make you were making rounds. Right. Yeah. Right. So, that early. so that was a trip, and and we had to really act like we had been there before i couldn't i couldn't geek out i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't be the fanboy i had to act like i had been there before even though it was our first time out right so that was a trip you know in the mind early because anybody else would be like yo let me get your photograph can i get an autograph can i can i can i can i you know, because you're a fan. Right. But then you had to flip it and be like, we're both He's my colleagues. We're both He's here. We're same yeah. place now. So yeah. I can't really freak out right now, even though I'm freaking out. But I can't I can't let you see me freak out. <laughs> wow. Um, That's a mental game, man, because <laughs> early, early starter for some people turned yeah. them off, man. Yeah, a yeah. lot of stories like that, man. People get that 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 fame, that glory, the money, and before you know it, they out of here, man. So, yeah, you know, it's really tough. Um, rumors. So, rumors was the first record you guys like actually recorded. Uh, in a twenty-four track studio, yes. Okay, and then when you did it, did you realize like, okay, this this record is going, this is a hit record? Not to the magnitude that it became. I, I gotta be honest with you. I mean, uh, like my man said before, I wrote that record three years ago. Three years before we stepped foot in that 24 track. I was I wasn't tired of the song, but in the three years that had went by, I got more material. I got a song that I think, or I have songs that I think are better than this one. 
So I'm like, let's get this one out of the way so we can get on to the new stuff I just wrote last month, right? Because this is old to me. Right, right, right. I'm the author, you know, I'm I'm, I'm the lyricist. I got, I got better over time. Y'all, y'all, y'all gigging over my 1983 lyrics. Wait till you hear my 1986 lyrics. I'm better now. Right, I'm right, right. 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 So that's what was going on in my mind. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get through this. Let's get through this so we can get to the next. <laughs> so let me, so let me ask you this. But no, I, had, I had no idea that was gonna blow. If that's what I was gonna say. So if that's if that was your position. I'm imagining that that was the song that kind of got your foot in the door and got you the deal. You know, how was it when that when the person told you the stuff that you like, yo, these are my old lyrics? Like, nah, this is just this is gold. This is what's going to get you where you. Oh no, go. I, I was I was you know I was elated. I mean, you know, everybody that's doing it wants to get on. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you don't really do that and not want a record deal. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yeah, I, I put a lot of time and effort. I want a record deal. I want a deal. So I'm not tripping that you like the old. I just want to get past the old so we can get to the new new. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. I was geeked that we we was we somebody was listening and wanted wanted to do something. Yeah. Talk about that. Talk about the tour. How was that tour? Being on tour with Run, LL, Beastie Boys. Crazy, crazy as hell. From the Houdini. Crazy as hell, man. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean it's so- called the Raising Hell Tour, and it was crazy as hell tour. Yeah. <laughs> you not you married, right? Don't tell us some of the stuff about the tour, but not everything. No, it's in the book. They can read the book. <laughs> <laughs> the book is on Amazon right now. You want to get it? It's called uh, "How the Rumors Get Started." It's the true story of Time X Social Club. Uh, it's got all the meat and potatoes and a little dessert in there too. So, you know, you can you can see how we got down. Yeah. <laughs> also, hey, and the wife and the wife blessed it. So, oh, okay. Yeah. And the wife is in it. So, it had to had to go to her first before I went to to, to the editor property, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> so you want to break up the happy home, bro. Your, your, but, uh, your, your close relationship with JMJ is in there too, I guess. Yeah, man. Rest in peace, uh, brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was like one of the first um, artists acts to to befriend us. That that first day that we were that we walked into, um, I think it was Albuquerque. Uh, the Albuquerque show. Uh, we, we were late for sound check because we had dro- we had drove uh, all the way from Cali to Albuquerque. <laughs> we uh, we rented this van from Hertz, <laughs> Hertz rent a car, and uh, we we you know we matched. We tried. Now, this is before GPS and all of that, so we got you we got Rand McNally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We got the old school maps out and we mashed, boy. We just, we got a speed ticket and everything, dude. The troopers pulled over and everything. So, Talk about class. I'm, I'm gonna need to buy yeah. this book, bro, because I bet you got all this stuff in there. <laughs> hey, man, I didn't hold back. I mean, there's some stuff I didn't put in there, but I, I just, 
didn't think it was relevant, but I mean, yeah, you're gonna have a good time. You read that book because it, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly is in that book. But it's more, it's more good. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and I made sure it was funny. How did you so, get on it? So how did you get on the tour? Uh oh, well. <clears throat> Come to find out years later, it was Jalil. Oh, wow. Shout out to him, Jalil uh, from Houdini. Yeah. But anyway, we got a call from, um, we got a call from a booking agent um, who uh, basically said, uh, you know, trying to reach y'all. We want y'all to come on out on this tour. Russell Simmons wants you to open for um, Run DMC. How about that? And that being, yeah. <laughs> and that being a childhood, you being a childhood fan of a group. <laughs> I mean, man, I really lost my mind, bro. Hey, we did, we did, man. We had to hurry up and get ready. You know what I'm saying? Because we wasn't ready. We had to hurry up and get ready. And uh, you know, I went, I went to work. Told my boss, peace. <laughs> now, gotta go, gotta go, son. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you about on the radio, boss. Well, what, was that your your first like um your first major shows? Yeah, yes, exactly. So we went from my living room to stadiums. Yeah, that's that's like yeah, man. Um, about about the book. So I read I read an excerpt in your book where you stated. And yes. I told you, you felt like you cheated the grind of paying dues in the industry oh, for overnight success. Yeah. What made you say that, and why do you think it's important to pay dues? Uh, well, the point I was trying to make there is you're going to pay dues. You're either going to pay them up front, mm -hmm. or you're going to pay them in the behind. You know what I'm saying? You're going to pay them dues. So the fact that we went from like I said my my living room to the stadiums and everything was sweet <laughs> and we didn't we didn't pay the dues as you say uh we we certainly find out found out that that we you know we had to pay them and they were due and and so I I just wanted to prepare uh any artist that was reading the book and let them know hey your stardom can come from many years of grinding and then you get big or you can be that overnight sensation but if you're that overnight sensation right don't trip because it's coming right. the, industry, the industry that's a hungry beast for the industry eats for mm. it eats it eats people it takes gold man it'll be chewing on you man <laughs> so yeah. It, you know, it don't take no prisoners, so you gonna you gonna pay some dues. Yeah. So that's what I mean. I was just trying to prepare everybody and and let them know that uh, you know how we how we got it. We went straight from the studio, <laughs> and it was like a a month or two that record hit the radio, and that sucker jumped and <sighs> we didn't have time to. Uh, I mean, we did a few local gigs, you know, when when it started to get a little airplay in the Bay Area. But um, 
as soon as I guess you know Jalil heard it in Houston, he said, and then he told Russell about it, and they was like, "Ooh, let's get down." And when and so when we he got said, out of the Bay Area and we went, you know, we went national with the tour. Uh, so we didn't really get to practice or have any shows in the Bay Area until we came back. We did the Coliseum twice. We did the Oakland Coliseum twice. Wow, look at that. that must have been a dream. Oh, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, all the years of going to the Coliseum, yeah. you know, seeing artists, uh, and like you said, the Fresh Fest, and then now I'm I'm on stage. My boys are on stage, and they say in our name. And home, at home? And the crowd is like, <sighs> It's, I like how I like how you casually just lay right. out Russell. He was like, "Yeah," because he told Russell when we say Russell, we're talking about Russell. It would, that would be Russell Simmons, folks. Russell yes, sir. Simmons. Russell, he might be the reason why I played so much in New York. Because damn it, I heard that song so much growing up. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, it, when you hear it, you just start singing it. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. I mean, it was written, it was written with one person, uh, one purpose. Um, as a DJ, I don't like wallflowers. When I put the jam on, I want you to get up and dance. I want you to find a female. I want you to dance. I want the female to be a yes. I will dance to the song to with you. <laughs> that was the purpose of writing that a dance track like that. Is, right. No, we don't want no butts in the seats. When this right. when DJ play this, we want all people off the wall, out the seats. We want you to pack the dance floor. And that's what I was after. And I I didn't say that to Alex. I didn't say that to Michael. But I'm sure that my thoughts got, you know, the vibe, like like we were saying, the vibe earlier. Yeah. Uh, that's the vibe, yeah. Don't do, do this, man. This, this is a, this this is a killer. Your, your thought, your thoughts is magic, bro. This gonna kill you up, your thoughts is magic because you be putting some stuff out there, son. You you sat in the stands one day and then you on stage the next. So you better keep putting the words out there, bro. <laughs> hey, um, you can wish it into existence, right? So you go, yeah. yeah, yeah. But so you know what? I think it was meant to happen. Something um, happened to your audio. Something changed. Yeah, something changed with your audio, yeah. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, but it sounds like hollow or something. I don't know. Very auto tune. I didn't do nothing. Yeah. Um, I didn't even touch the screen. Sounds very auto tune right now. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to. I didn't make any adjustments. I'm going to try. To, yeah, I'm gonna try to remove you from the stream and just come back okay. in and see if the reset's over. All right. So yeah, everybody. Yeah, that that's a that's a, a a classic record. But I appreciate what he what you know what he was saying. It goes back to what we talk about all the time, Rob. When you ask people about actually being in the studio with artists and producer to collaborate, like there is something about that that chemistry, like having chemistry with people. And I think that you know, like. You, you can't replace chemistry, chemistry. Like the, the original chemistry is usually organic because 
it came from, you know, us just being in the high school together or us hanging in the basement together or whatever it is. You know, so that well, makes it difficult. There you go. Sound better? Yep, much better. Uh, all right. Yes, yeah. Another another excerpt though from the um from the book. To oh, want okay, is, cool. Yes, sir. To want is to wait and to wait. I love is that. To I love that. Talk talk to us about that. Yeah. Uh, say it again. To want is to wait and what? And to wait and is, to wait to, is want. to want. Oh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what context I wrote that or what chapter, but I guess what I meant was, um, you know, how you want to get that that deal, that record deal, you know, as a writer or producer or a remixer or whatever. Um, so you're wanting, you're really wanting, but you're waiting at the same time. You know, some people some people get get tired of waiting. You know what I'm saying? They, they're impatient. So I think that's what I was trying to say is you know they're both they're both on the same track. Um, you got to have patience. Got to patience, little faith. Yeah, man. you got to have patience because um, <laughs> funny story. You know, Timex is. Um, a derivative of the time with Morris Day and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Yeah. Uh, that's where I got the name. I just put an X on it. So I actually met Jesse Johnson from the time. Mm. And I actually handed him a demo of rumors with my telephone number, the whole the whole shebang, right? Mm -hmm. I'm still waiting for that brother to call me. <laughs> I think he knows the results of that, right? <laughs> nah, he probably don't. You know, you know that uh, that scene of hustle and flow. Yeah, right. Just throw a, a damn tape in the toilet. <laughs> so <laughs> that probably happened that demo. But I, I say that to say uh, I was waiting. I was wanting to be signed by a member of the time. I thought in my cranium. This is this is the way it's gonna go down. I named my group after them. I met the dude, a member of the group. He's solo now. He can get me, he can get us on. Here, brother. Here's the tape. Call me. Didn't happen like that. But I, you know, I was waiting. I was wanting <clears throat> that to happen, and I was waiting for that to happen. It happened differently. You know, I still had to wait longer, but uh, yeah. So that's, that's just a little—that's just a little story of, uh, about you know wrapping up that line that you, uh, you took from the book. Um, you know, wanting and waiting. I wonder. I wonder if he knows that because if he knows that and he's like, <laughs> man, like I whiffed on that song, I'm sure he probably yeah, listening, listening to all them TDKs after that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do you um? I, do I would you, love to. Uh, I would love to run into him. And tell him that. <laughs> he probably won't even remember that, man. But I know. You know, I could be like, "Yo, man, it was Oakland. He was he was at the uh, warehouse. Uh, he was signing uh, autographs for people, and I snuck in, man. I was the first in line. Yeah, <laughs> my demo tape because he uh he was there for a show, and they had an in store uh 
record signing. So when I came up, he was like, yeah, what you want me to sign, young blood? And I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> we got the group, bro. We bad as shit, dude. You need to listen to this tape, man. Call me, peace. And I was out. But in that exchange, uh, he gave it to his, like, one of his band members, right? And, you know, what I'm going to say, I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Give it to your boy for safekeeping. But play it after the show or play it when you get to the hotel or whatever. You got it. I delivered it. I put it in your hand. Well, yeah. well, you know something? He probably won't even remember that, though. Now, you know what would have been worse than that? If you would have went back to, to work and you turned on the radio while you was at work and you heard it come. He rocked it. Room is oh, he stole my <laughs> 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 That'd have been whack. <laughs> well, it was copywritten. <laughs> I, I did not hand him something that wasn't copywritten. So. Oh man, do you do you think immediate success changes people overnight? And if so, how do you prevent that? And and I want to. I guess I want to preface that question by saying, like, whenever I ask people that, they always say, mm. "Well, you know, what I learn is stay humble." I think that there has to be more than just staying humble. There has to be more than humility. Like, how do you deal with overnight success? Man, I say the success deals with you. I mean, it, it definitely put me, my just myself, through some changes. Um, you know, I was, I became a hermit. <laughs> I didn't want to go out. I would go out, like, grocery shopping at midnight, dude. I would I would drive to another neighborhood and go <laughs> go grocery shopping, dude. I was like, Mm-mm, we ain't gonna have no little, you know, no or whatever running up. I'm trying to get my <laughs> my groceries on or whatever. So it, it 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 tripped me out, you know, to um you know have the stardom, but um yeah, it, it definitely I think that. The success deals deals with the people. The people who can't handle, they don't deal with the success. You know, um, because it's up and down. You know, this month you're hot, or you could be hot for like six months and then it'll cool off. You still think you're hot, but then you're not. You know what I'm saying? It's just a trip. How how um, the peaks and valleys go with the success. Uh, you know, and I'm sure actors go through it too because you know there's there's they'll make a film, it'll be a you know nominated or whatever. They'll make two after that, and you know crickets. Yeah. Uh, so you know it's just <sighs> over time you learn how to deal with it, but when you first get it, it puts you through. It put me through the ringer. I I. Those are the dudes okay. you gotta pay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I think, you know, that's the reason why, you know, people like Prince and, and a few others, you know, Miles Davis or whatever, uh, they kind of make their own universe. They kind of create their own, their own thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got every, I'll get all my toys in my compound. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go out for nothing. I don't have to be seen in public until it's showtime. It's time for me. Yeah, it's, t- it's time for me to rock. So, um, you know, it, it's definitely you could you could go that route too, you know, and, and just be you know an introvert uh, and have everything you know Paisley Park kind of 
<laughs> kind of deal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, I, now with this, all the social media, you know, it's a trip. You know, people catch you out, man. They, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how we could have did it these days. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could have dealt, but I'm, I'm so glad we did it uh, when there wasn't no cameras around. Yeah, you know. <laughs> You, you, people, there are some people that get into these things solely for the purpose of fame. There are people who get into it, I believe, for money. Money, fame, mm. women, you know, things like that people want. But I don't think people realize until they have the fame that they like, wait a minute, fame comes at a cost. You know, like, you give up your privacy. You yeah. know, you, you become subject of rumors. You know, yeah. there's, so many, there's so many different elements, I think, that come along with fame that people don't anticipate until they actually have it. And then that's when you see the people like even like you think about like a dude like a Dave Chappelle when he got to the point with the Chappelle show where he was just like overwhelmed with all the different things that right. were going on and was like yeah, right cool. in Africa I don't yeah I don't, I don't yeah. like <laughs> right you know turning down deals that people go what <laughs> how could you walk away but you know he had to protect his mental health sanity yeah. he didn't want to be tied down or whatever it was you know so he he jetted. Said no. What's yeah. the biggest thing you learned early on that that changed your life? Uh, in the music industry, or okay. Um, <sighs> I mean, nothing is given. You know, just because I I want you know my group to be successful and and uh, stay together as a unit uh, no matter what I even you know what I did or what I said uh, that didn't work out so I learned that you know you really can't control people people are going to do what they want to do That's right. and um, you just kind of got to take your blessings where they fall right. um, some things are unfortunate but maybe it's for the best mm. so because um, <laughs> I you know in retrospect you know I said well I'm glad we broke up the first year instead of year number 13 when I <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, I got a bunch of got a bunch of property and yeah Mortgages, I'm, I'm balancing and everything, and then everything just cave in, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Do, doesn't that really though speak to like I guess like who we are as people in terms of like egos? Because here, here you have a group of people who grew up as friends that before any yeah. of this stuff actually came into play, it was all good. But then when yeah. money came into play and fame came into play. It was very easy to fracture a relationship that y'all had history, you know, like I'm and we're on the outside looking at it as fans of the music. We don't really know like the inner workings and the dynamics of the group. But like when we started out this interview, you were saying like it seems to be the same pattern over and over again where the lead singer, you know, somebody gets in a lead singer ear and tell it like you really need these other people and no you know it's always the same thing like with people like i grew up with this person you know we were friends as kids and everything but that one outsider can come in and infiltrate and change the whole dynamics of everything what do you think that's about why is it why is it so easy to, to how you call it the fracture hey, lifelong like relationships a, sound like a new edition episode or something. <laughs> 
that money, baby. Is that is that um the word rich? You know, everybody wants to be rich. Uh, not so much famous, but they want to be rich. And um, yeah, it's is really intoxicating to be given. As you know, we used to say back in the day, a knot, you know, a big old wad of money. <laughs> Somebody just hand you a big old wad of hundred dollar bills and you nah. it's gonna happen. And then and then the next day to do the same thing. And then the next day to do the same thing. And then the next day to do the same thing. So you think it's never gonna stop. This is your new life. You just gonna put money, stacks of money every day. <laughs> And you're gonna eat in the best restaurants every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're gonna drive that oh uh, what was we wanting back then? BM BMs and BM uh, Mercedes, yeah. So you're gonna be rolling in, you know? Right. And you're gonna have you're gonna have the plush uh sheepskin covers. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have the uh, pioneers kicking and you, you know, you gonna have the females and everything. And and um, the music videos—it's it, a whole package, and we've seen it over and over again. And when somebody dangles that in front of you, carrot, and, and you get a bite off of that carrot, like I say, you you keep getting money, you keep getting cars, you keep getting, uh, you know, lavish dinners, and you know, it's very easy to say, you know what? I think I go solo. <laughs> I could get all this by myself. You are telling you are telling me the truth. <laughs> now, now it could be it could be your mother telling you, "No, nah, baby, that's not it's fake. Don't don't go for the okie doke." And you, some people, I'm pretty sure, have told their mama, "No, nah, mama, this is real. This is my new life." You know, um, so it's people in your camp that that you trust. That will tell you you're tripping, but then that is overshadowed because you see uh, right in front of your face the materialistic things that you always wished for. And okay, man, I, I got the BMW in the, in, in the driveway. These stacks of money, like I say, I got them. The bank account is fat, and 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 they say all I got to do is sign here. And I can do my own thing or whatever, you know. So it's promises. And if we go and watch a lot of these music documentaries with rock bands, uh, rappers, uh, even country artists, right? They've been duped. The industry, some kind of shark comes up and, and says that to that person and they get, the head gets Expanded. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap my head around this also because they go down down that road. Was was wasn't the original agreement that you know 25 percent a piece, but then the yeah. manager gets in Michael's head and tells him he should get 50 50 percent, and the rest of the members split the other 50 percent. Uh it, it wasn't really a percentage thing. It was a dollar amount. Oh, okay. So the dollar amount is like, okay, 
that that dollar amount that you that that your client wants, as you say, your client, uh, if we pay him that, or we pay y'all that, basically, uh, that doesn't that doesn't um, you know the math doesn't uh, divide into four equally. The math, the math, the math so, is not math. So now we're taking. So now is is basically telling us, hey, we want y'all to take a pay cut. Mm, right. So he can get paid. So he can get more. Yeah. So, 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 help so that me, you know, we wasn't having it. Help, help me under, help me understand this. Okay, so y'all sign whatever, y'all sign to the label. You did, did y'all have a manager that all of y'all had, and then he decided, well, I need my own individual manager, or all of y'all no. had individual managers? No, we were self-managed. Oh wow. Yeah, we were going out there. Okay, Marcus, you handle this. Alex, you handle that. Uh, you know, we brought some partners with us from from the hood. Mm-hmm. Okay, you be the road manager. Y'all, y'all two be the road manager. You handle, you handle the money. You you set up the, you deal with all that front stuff. We the talent. We gonna chill over here. You know what I'm saying? It was a posse kind of, kind of, kind of thing. Mom and pop shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how we want to run it. That's how, you know. And and me being the founder, the leader. Yeah, I put these ideas out there. Now, if everybody's not with it, I mean, you know, if the majority of everybody's not with it, then, you know, we float another idea. But if you get outvoted, then we scrap that idea. You, you know, you got outvoted, dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We ran it, we ran it, we ran up the flagpole. Everybody heard your idea. And then we asked for yays and nays. And you got outvoted. Yeah. No shame so, in the game. You just got outvoted. So we gonna we gonna do something else. So with um, with no no management, no management. Yeah. Who broker the because I'm, I'm who broker the deal for the Raising Hell tour? Alex. Oh okay. Damn. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the only phone number they had. They, they had Alex's home phone number. Wow. A so tour like that with no experience. So. So what happened was they called, they talked to Alex, uh, they flew out, um, Richie Walters, I never will forget, dude, he was cool as shit, man. Um, he flew from New York out to the Bay Area, he met with us, like I said, cool ass dude, man, he gave us a contract, he explained everything he was going to do, and he came through on everything, he actually went above and beyond, he took a little pity on us because we were new, and he set some things up for us, man, that that um, we didn't even know about. You know what I'm saying? We we green. We so green, we don't even know. And so he's like, oh, you ain't got this? I'll, I'll handle that for you. I'll get you in touch with, with, my, with my man that does that. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, he, he took care. So, you know, I know he was getting a commission uh, from from Russell, you know. That's on the back end. I ain't, I ain't even on that deal. But he gave us mad love. And... Um, Everything was tight for the first leg of that tour. And, um, you know, we we came back and, you know, our expenses, what people don't understand, man, when you're out there and you're traveling, you have expenses. Of course. You, stay you have to pay for the artist. <laughs> I mean, the show pays you X, right? Mm-hmm. And then out of that amount, you have to eat. 
you have to get your hotel, you have to pay for your transportation. Uh, oh, uh, my uniform, uh, you know, my stage clothes, I got a smudge on that. Well, you got to take your shirt to the cleaners. You got to wash your shirt. You got to find a laundromat, bruh. You got to iron your own clothes. I mean, you know, <laughs> we had expenses. And, and oh, yeah, you got to eat. You know what I'm saying? You got to put gas in your vehicle. You know, we had to, like I said, we had to, to rent a van <laughs> from Hertz. And then on the back end, when we came back home, we had to pay Hertz. You know what I'm saying? We turned the rent. You got to pay the, the balance. Yeah. So, yeah, we didn't have much money left after the first leg of the tour, but I think that that's what started the dissension. Um, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, now to go out on the second half of the tour, uh, you know, lead singer wants X every night. Okay, we're not getting that. So how does that divide into four? Right. <laughs> Equally. Uh, was this guy like that? And it's always portrayed in movies as that that, that there's some guy that's sleezing around that just shows up out of nowhere. Like you're like, oh, who's this guy? Was it that type of situation? It didn't start out that way, but it, it got it got that way real quick. Mm. You know the. the uh, the person that became uh, Michael's manager um, started out as a friend. He was a DJ uh, at a college radio station in Berkeley, uh, uh, University of California. And I had a good rapport with him. Alex had a good rapport with him. Michael had a good rapport with him. Um, Kevin had a good rapport with him. Uh, he would play rumors on a cassette before it was released. He would play it every Sunday. And, they, and the kids would call in and they would be like, yo, 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 love that song. But it was no vinyl. And he would just give us free airtime. And then Alex, he would he would play some of Alex's uh, rap um, productions. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he had a, a group called Martini on Ice. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, he would play that. He would play Martini on Ice. He would play Timing Social Club. But it was all off of cassettes. And so we grew to, you know, kind of love that brother, man. It's like, man, he, he hyping us up, man. He, he got us in the in you know on some form of radio. Yeah. Wow. You know, I mean, it wasn't a real strong uh, station. It's down there in the eighties. 88.9, I think it was. <laughs> you know, it, it ain't going too far. So it's only it's only Berkeley and Oakland that can hear it a little bit of Richmond, but uh three cities. So it, you know, but we were getting love. So anyway, long story short, uh when he heard that we had vinyl and we went up to the station and we said, Man, we got the vinyl, we be good now, man. Everything is, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. I guess he heard the thank yous and was like, man, I did a lot of work for them. How can I get in? <laughs> How can I get in where I fit in? So he contacted us and he was like, yo, can I come through? I want to, you know, I want to pitch, I want to pitch being your manager. So we, 
we all, I said, yeah, come through my apartment. And um, we all sat down. We listened to him. And um, he left. We took a vote. It was three to one. No. Well, I, I know, the one, I know the one person who voted too long after that to the person that was outvoted uh, signed a contract with him. So, that's but I mean, you know that that's what did he hear that y'all didn't hear though? What did he hear that y'all didn't hear? What was it that you three said? Now nah, we don't think this works. I don't know. You'd have to ask that brother. But that's how we did things. We voted on on things. You know, so he wanted he wanted dude as his manager, and he got it. But that, in a sense, it broke us up because he, the manager slash DJ, became unfriendly to the three of us. Oh wow! Real fast, yeah. It turned into a um, us against him kind of scenario. There was no inclusion we were being talked down to we were being viewed as the help <laughs> wow uh while you know my friend was being put up on the pedestal as the voice and y'all just y'all just here y'all just y'all could be replaced <laughs> you know things things of that nature were being dropped and said and and so that's you know that's not a good working environment and uh, so we ultimately uh, went our separate ways and that that became the birth of Club Nouveau no that's a whole nother chapter yeah (laughs) that's a whole different group if you get that out and you turn it you'll see different names Yo, see, jealousy sounds eerily like Ruth. Yeah, I thought I always thought jealousy was supposed to be like a diss record. <laughs> well, there's there's the verse in there where where we're being dissed. Yes, mm-hmm. broken broken social friends is the line. Basically saying that we're broke, we're broke now. Out there, he can come home whenever he wants to. Yeah, that'd be dope. He's, the door is wide open. In fact, it's, ne- it's never been locked. Yeah. Uh, I perform with uh, different vocalists when I do timing social club shows, um, and it's been that way for 36 years. It's it's not something I want to do. I I want to go out with him. I want to perform with him. I've told him this face to face several times. I've been in the company of his, I've been to his home. Uh, We've had lunch several times together. Uh, There's no no beef with us. We don't, we don't curse each other. We don't fight. We're not, not, we're not we're not saying things under the table and we're not you know it's, it's he can come home whenever he wants yeah I'm, well, re- I'm, I'm ready willing and able and 
Then I put it. I put a challenge out there. <laughs> well, come on, baby. Come on home. Remember, there's been other things that you put into the universe that have happened. No, bro. You got magic Let's do words. some of this again, Mike. Let's do some of this again. Yeah, man. So, I, I, know, I know he got gas in the tank, and I got gas in the tank. So That'd let's get great. back, man. Let's get on back, man, where we belong. Yeah, man, that that that'd be great. But I wanna I wanna do we have, we have this thing that we do on the podcast called Gimme Five. Yeah. And what 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 it is is basically we ask for you to list off five things. And I know that you know you're you're a DJ also, and we've asked yes, we've asked other DJs this, and some DJs have struggled with it. Why I have no idea. But I want to pose this question to you. So I'm gonna ask you to give me give me five records five records that if you would drop anywhere they don't they didn't tell you the location around the world where you was going they didn't tell you the age they didn't tell you anything you only bring five records to rock the party what are those five are you bringing and why and i'm taking notes too right now <laughs> all right well i'm old school okay that's all right so it ain't gonna be no mumble rap in this man so <laughs> look at him look at him man we gonna we gonna go uh earth wind and fire with uh september Nice. Okay, okay, okay. Like uh, um, we're going uh, to drop uh, Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. All right. I like where you're going with your list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I got three more. Um, mm, mm, now, remember, mm. you anywhere in the world. They just tell you. I'm anywhere in the world. I don't know who your audience is. I got is. you. I got you. Um. I got three more to go. Um, I'm thinking of some hip hop right now. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, it's on tip of my tongue. Um, uh, Walk This Way, Run DMC. Okay, classic record. Why, why, now, why? now, they got harder hits, but I'm, I'm thinking of the mainstream. Okay. I, I don't know that. where I am in the world, so I, I don't want to offend. That's what I was going to say. I can see how that plus with the, you know, the, the, the rock infusion and everything. I can see how that could that could play anywhere in the yeah. world. Yeah. Uh, what, I got two more? Mm-hmm. Return of the Mac, Mark Morrison. Yo, let me say something about that record. Because <laughs> that's, a, that's a sleeper, yo, that's a sleeper record that keep the party going. People love to sing that shit, man. Yeah, that, that, that <laughs> record, record that keep the party going. I wouldn't think that, I, I've never heard anybody pick that record, but that's a record that yeah, I can I can see that. People love that. Um, and I got one more. Yeah, one more. <sighs> Closing. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go. Prince, Kiss. Um, but is it is a close call? It could be Michael Jackson, um, Billy Jean. Billy Jean. Yeah, yeah. All right, I could, I could go with your, I could go with your five. I could go with your five. And that's just, I'm, I'm, just old DJ. I'm an older DJ. I don't know where I am in the world. I don't want to offend. And like I said, I, ain't, I I'm old school. So. And those are in your creek, so. 
said Those are some go-tos right there that'll definitely get them on the floor. That's a, that's a fact. Like, all of those records, if you think about it, you know, I, it's whenever we do this exercise with people also, I just think about, like, just the variety in terms of, like, the different demographics of what an audience could be. And I think that no matter what age somebody is, you know, you could be 14, 15 years old now. You, I'm sure at some point in time you didn't heard Billie Jean or you didn't even heard Montel Jordan in a commercial or something like, you know. And, and of I course, was, her, I, was her I was just listening to September before we came on, too. So yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's an evergreen hit. It'll never go away. Never go never. away. Wow. Grandma danced to it all the way down to the, uh, you know, the little one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Play it, play it, play it every... Now you notice I didn't say "Timey Social Club Ruin." Yeah, well, that would have been that would have been cheating, though. That would have been cheating. But that's another joint that can <laughs> I just, you know, what I'm saying, I just that's the bolo punch. Yeah, that's just <laughs> having locked and loaded. <laughs> Yo, there was no pressure to have like a big yeah. follow-up record after the success of that. Like, I would imagine you put out a number one record, then the label is looking at you. All right, you did it. That's good. Like, where's the next number one? Uh, it was pressure from from yeah, in my head, uh, but like I said, you know when when that whole management thing went down and, and everything, they the record company went with the management and uh, they put some new cats in there on the production, and it just it went south. It got watered down. Yeah, I, I wasn't there. Alex wasn't there. You know. It just, it, went, yeah. it, it didn't have that same feel. It didn't have that same street quality to it um, that we could have kept bringing. Mm. So, you know, you have um, other people that jumped up Nouveau uh, and took that, took the reins, if you will. Uh, but even their sound wasn't our sound. It was close. But... They tried to take everything you made, bro. Oh, well, you know what? It's beat It's called beat biting. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Swagger jacket. And, you know, it's all fair and love and war. And, you know, um, one of these plaques back here is is, uh, is uh, that album. For real? One of these, one of these goals and platinums. Yeah, I got writers on that. Yeah, I was about to, I was about to, I was about to say like you should still right. I get paid. Yeah. yeah, there you go, there you go, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Like you need to, you know, if I was you, I'd be spinning that record everywhere I go. Nah, I don't play jealous. <laughs> oh man, I mean, I'm other not... DJs may 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 mix into it, and that's what it was for. Um, there were a whole lot of derivatives, you know, roaches, jealousy, the rumors, rap. Uh, there were a whole lot of remakes of uh, parody records of, of rumors, but nothing beats the Granddaddy OG. So I just play that. I just I just roll with that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy that you you had your business in order, so that way you could still you know. Oh, you. How you call it? <laughs> hey, I was happy too, man. Still happy. Yeah. Still happy checks, you know. Yeah. Now that's that's a that's yes, a wonderful thing, man. That's a one that's a wonderful thing because. I can only imagine, you know, like having that that level of success with the first record, and yeah. actually having like an ownership of it, knowing that it's your record. That wow, oh man, that was suck. So the fact that you got your business in order, I tip my cap to you, brother. Yeah, we've been getting royalties since day one. Yeah, 
that that I filled out those papers. And that was before the internet. Shoot, you wasn't that green then if you knew about royalties because it's a lot of other dudes that came after y'all that's still crying about not getting royalties. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Um, but no, it you know it was kind of you hear the hard luck stories of Little Richard. You know, yeah. uh, a lot of OG artists, you know, you know, like okay, mail the mail the tape to yourself and don't open it. Yeah, That's the poor man copyright. Okay, well that can still be overturned in court. So what else do I need to do? Oh, contact the Library of Congress in Washington D.C., get the forms, fill that out, send the tape in with the payment. Wait three months, get your confirmation back. Now you valid. So that's what we did. That's the gem of the day right there. (laughs) So now it's easier. You can upload your MP3s online, but back in the day, (laughs) use the snail mail, bunch of stamps, and and, uh, send your actual hard cassette through the mail. So so tell everybody where they can get the book and what's the Amazon. Yes, sir. Uh, Amazon.com. Uh, it's called How Do Rumors Get Started? The True Story of Timex Social Club. Very funny and entertaining book. Take you back to the uh, glory days of rap, 1986. And, and, you know, and, y'all, and y'all were calling Jeff, Timex 1, Timex 2, Timex 3, Timex Yes, four. sir. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yes, sir. Timex 1, that's me right here. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was, that was a nickname. Man, my dude been read. All right. Uh, so yeah, they can get in on Amazon. It's on Kindle and on paperback. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter at Timex Social Club. Uh, there's a Facebook group called uh, Timex Social Club Fans on Facebook. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, we out there. Oh, and TimexSocialClub.com. And every once in a while, we pop up in your city and we do a little old school show. So, nice. Uh, plus, I'm DJing. Never left that realm. There so, you know, I'm, I still do weddings, and, uh, 50th birthday parties. You never know, man. I might just bust out and sing rumors for you. <laughs> I wanna, so, yeah, I wanna, I'm, booking, I'm booking I'm booking DJ jobs. Yes, sir. Nice. I still love it. I wanna I wanna I wanna thank you though for joining us this evening. And I and I wanna give you I wanna say this, man. You have the distinction so far probably picking one of the best fives out of oh, all no. the DJs that we've spoken to. Because we get some ones that I'll be like, nah, I don't know if that's a really that's yeah. not a party joint. Yeah, we've been knocking people down like <laughs> you gonna play that. People, you know what it is? People pick their five favorites. They don't listen to the question. They pick the five their five favorite songs that they like. And they don't think about, like, you know, you could be, you for all you know, we could be saying you playing in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Right, they don't right. That's, that's what I heard you say. You don't, I, you did, I didn't know where I was in the world. Right. Yep. I didn't know the situation, meaning I don't know the crowd. Mm-hmm. I got to just kind of go blind, Ray Charles style. And <laughs> Try to try to try to make everybody have fun. So uh, that that was my goal, picking those five for you. Mm-hmm. And you'll you'll have somebody from uh, you'll you'll probably appreciate this. You'll have somebody as a DJ going out to Saudi Arabia playing uh, short dog. What's my favorite? <laughs> <laughs> 
Lord of what? You know, you need to say top ten, so <laughs> I couldn't get to those. But uh, yeah, I tried. I tried to try to get in in there with a little. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the No Ideas Original Podcast. Again, Marcus Thompson, we appreciate you having me, man. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you, fellas. All right, you have a good night, too. Thanks, man.